Well, over the last uh, several weeks, I've been preaching on the seven miracles that Jesus performed in the Gospel of John. And for the last two Sundays, we've looked at one miracle in particular, probably the most spectacular miracle of all, when Jesus raised his friend Lazarus from the grave. Lazarus has, had died. He had been buried in the tomb. He had been there for four days when Jesus came and called him out of the tomb. It was a, it was a great event, a wonderful miracle. And for the last two st- Sundays, we've been hanging out at the home of uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Today, I want to revisit their house and hang out with Mary and Martha for a little bit longer. Uh, today, we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 10. And the sermon is entitled, The Best Seat is at His Feet. Now, most of us here today are experts on the subject of multitasking. A recent article, are you good at it? Can you do multiple things at the same time? Are you, raise your hand if you think you're good at multitasking, all right? Most women raise their hand. Us guys, we, we didn't. I'm horrible at it, but I'm trying to do better. A, a recent article said the number of tasks to which people are simultaneously applying themselves is multiplying. Like some mutant breed of postmodern rabbit. And I guess it's true. Many people, for example, scan their email, they talk on the phone, and they eat lunch all at the same time. I know that, that women are better multitaskers than men because my wife tells me that all the time. And, and I saw a lady just two days ago while I was driving to the church. I passed her. I went by her. And here's what this lady was doing. She was talking on her cell phone, the speaker phone. She was driving with the top part of her hand. And she was putting on eyeliner all at the same time. Scared me to death. But my wife says ladies can do stuff like that. I, I don't know. Here's the deal. Since we can't expand time, one expert said, we are trying to deepen it by learning to do more things in the same period. Well, in our scripture reading today, I'd like to show you a woman who would have been right at home in our modern world of multitasking. Her name is Martha. And on three recorded occasions, Jesus visited in her home. Let's read the story today in Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. Here's what the Word of God says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a certain village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Heavenly Father, I pray that today we would learn that the best seat in the house is at your feet. Speak to us, dear Lord, today through your word and mold us into the people you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, listen, raise your hand on this one. How many of y'all have a water hose, like in your yard, backyard, front yard? Do you, have, do you ever use that water hose? Well, sure you do. You use it to, to water the flowers or the shrubs or maybe wash off the porch or, or wash your car. The other night I was out in the backyard and Angie was watering the flowers with the water hose and was stretching it out about as far as it could go. And I looked over and noticed that it was getting a kink in it. And as she pulled it, it was tightening up and that kink finally just stopped the current or the flow of water. In the water. And she looked at it and I said, I said, babe, don't worry, I'll get it. And so I got up out of the chair, and I unkinked the water hose for her. Well, church, here, here was a woman who was a wonderful conduit of God's blessing. In fact, the blessings of God just continually flowed out of Martha's life as refreshing waters from the Holy Spirit. And we know that Martha dearly loved the Lord Jesus Christ, and she had a God-given ability and talent for being a hospitable person. In fact, in this very scripture, we read that she opened her house up to the Lord. John chapter 11 tells us that Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary, and they became a great source of blessing for the Lord in his ministry and for many others. The story here in Luke chapter 10 begins with these happy words, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to Jesus. But you know what? As we continue to read this passage, we see that Martha developed a kink in her heart that hindered her ability to be a channel of blessing. That very thing can happen to us. Sometimes our soul gets knotted up. Sometimes we get a kink in our heart. Sometimes our hearts and our lives get so knotted up that it dramatically reduces our joy and our strength and our usefulness. So what do we do with kinks in the line? Well, let's talk about those kinks because Martha had one in her heart and we have them as well. As Luke tells this story, he describes really five problems that developed in Martha's life that hindered her attitude. The first problem was distraction. L look again at this passage beginning in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a certain village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Of course she was distracted. Jesus was coming to her house. And if Jesus were coming to your house, you'd be distracted too, wouldn't you? When he was president, Jimmy Carter and his travels to various cities would sometimes spend the night in a regular civilian's home. He would go into their home and eat supper with them. And after they ate, he would go in the living room and sit down with a normal American family and just visit with them. He said that he did that occasionally to stay in touch with the American people and find out what they were going through. And after he visited with the family after dinner, he would go to the guest room and, and there he would go to sleep. 
Well, I'm here to tell you if the president or someone is famous as, I don't think I'd like it too much. If, anyway, that's a different story. If somebody as famous as the president of the United States were coming to my house tonight, guess what? I'd be a nervous wreck. I'd be working all afternoon trying to fix everything and make everything just perfect for him. But what if the most important, what if the most famous, what if the most admired man in the history of the world came to your house? Jesus Christ. It's no wonder that Martha was distracted. The King James Version says that Martha was cumbered about. I kind of like that description, don't you? She was cumbered about. But the word itself, and by the way, this is the only time this particular word is found in the whole Bible, is made up of two smaller Greek words. The verb means to draw or to pull. And the word around or away is coupled with it. It's the idea of being pulled in every direction. So verse 40 literally says... Martha was pulled in every direction. Some translations use words like she was over busy or she was over occupied. Now, how many of us can identify with that? You, exactly. We all allow ourselves to become too busy. Busier than God intends. Busier than is necessary. Busier than is wise. And when we become that busy... We get distracted. We lose focus on who is really important and what is really important. That's what developed that kink in Martha's heart. She was so busy, she got distracted. Martha's second difficulty was doubt. Look carefully at what she said to Jesus in verse 40. Martha was pulled in all directions by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and asked Lord, don't you care? How often while being pulled in all directions do we momentarily doubt God's power and God's presence and God's concern in our own life? How often when we get pulled in all directions do we ask, God, do you really love me? God, do you really care? We've all thought it. Well, to answer that question, let me quote an old song. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. And when the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. So if you get that kink of doubt in your heart, remember Jesus cares. The third kink in the line was self-pity. Listen to verse 40b. She said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, as you read that, you can clearly tell that Martha was irritated. Are you picking that up? I mean, she's just a little irritated. And in a flash of anger, she not only reprimanded her sister, she reprimanded the Lord Jesus Christ. Huh? She gave them both the big what for. <laughs> and it was motivated by this feeling of, you know what, I've got all this work to do. The floor needs sweeping, the 
feet of the guests need washing, the bread needs slicing, the table needs setting, and I just can't do all of this by my help. Nobody's helping me. And as she stood there in the kitchen, stewing and brooding about it, she snapped. The top popped. Now, of course, Martha did need help. None of us deny that, do we? I mean, she really did. She needed some help. Many hands make light the work. The, the running of a household, you know, is, is, is a tough job in and of itself. But when you're having guests come over and entertaining those guests, it requires that every member of the family pitch in. I mean, I really don't even like it anymore when somebody's coming to my house and I know they're coming. Because Angie says, okay, let's get this place cleaned up. Come on, I need help. I'm not the only person who lives here. You boys get out of that chair you're sitting in and help me. Of course, I hate it now because Whitney and Callie are gone. It's just me and Zane. Men weren't intended to do housework. That's what, that's biblical. Our job's out in the garage. Oh, boy, that's for next Sunday. I think I'm in trouble is what I think I'm in. Forget everything I just said, all right? Here's the problem. Martha's agenda didn't line up with Jesus' agenda. Jesus wasn't so concerned about the seasoning of the beans or the sweeping of the floor or the folding of the napkins. Jesus was concerned that his life-giving word be taught to the disciples who were in that house. And that left poor Martha feeling abandoned in the kitchen where she fell into a very grudging mood of irritable self-pity. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left all of this work for me to do by myself? Would you please tell her to help me? But she left out the word please. Now all of this reminds me of an incident in the life of one of our veteran missionaries of Free Will Baptist, Mabel Willie. While a student at Tocoa Falls Bible College... Mabel was elected president of her graduating class, a a position that really required a lot of time and a lot of work. As a parting gift, the senior class uh, decided that they were going to donate a special gate to go at the entrance of Tacoa Falls Bible College. Well, everybody was excited at first, and everybody volunteered to help, but then when the real work came, all of her, her classmates abandoned her and left Mabel to do the whole task by herself. And really, all of the responsibility fell on her shoulders. One morning, she got up quite irritable, feeling sorry for herself. Poor me, she said. I always have to do everything. Knowing that she needed to hear a word from God, she grabbed her Bible and hiked up to the falls there at Tacoa Falls Bible College, a beautiful, beautiful cascading fall. Arriving there, she started complaining to the Lord. Here's what she said. Lord, nobody's willing to help me. Would you please give me a Bible verse right now to encourage me and help me? She opened her Bible expecting to find a gracious verse on love and reassurance. 
<laughs> but don't you love it how God works? Her eyes fell on Luke chapter 17 verse 10 which says this. So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. <laughs> and she said, Really, God? <laughs> really? Really? Hmm. She said, I walked back to the dorm with a changed attitude. And as a result, things began to fall into place and the project moved forward to completion. She also said in a book she wrote, it was a lesson that I later recalled many times as a missionary in Cuba. Church, listen to me. As a member of the army of God, understand we volunteered to be a member of his army. And as a member of God's army, you ain't got no time for self-pity. But there's a fourth problem in Martha's attitude. One that we are very familiar with. It's worry. <laughs> Look at verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried. I wonder, how many times has the Lord said that to you? Hmm? Do you know what worry is? Worry, listen to this. Worry is putting a question mark where God has put a period. That's what worry is. God has made certain promises. And God's promises in His Word are emphatic. Worry comes when we start doubting God's promises. When we replace God's periods with our own question marks. Martha, Martha, you're worried. I have found that nothing kinks up my heart like worry. Yeah. Finally, Jesus noted that Martha was upset about many things. Again, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Now, I've just got the, the sense, the feeling that the many things included more than just getting this meal prepared for Jesus Christ. I, I think Martha encumbered many burdens. I, I believe that there were pressures and problems in her life that had been building for some time that vexed her and fretted her and frustrated her. The pressure of entertaining the Lord Jesus just provided that proverbial last straw. <laughs> and under that pressure, she gave vent to fears and frustrations that had been building in her life for some time. She was upset about many things. I guess the question is this. Are you? Are you? She was pulled in all directions. She questioned God's power and goodness. She sank down into self-pity. She worried. She was upset about many things. Her soul was knotted up. Her heart had a kink in it. And it affected her attitude. Now, nobody wants to live life like that. So let's talk about getting the kink out. All right? We've talked about the problem. Let's find the solution. What did Jesus say to Martha? What was Jesus' divine prescription? Well, here's what he said, verse 41. Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing matters. Only one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen what is better. And it's not going to be taken away from her. There's only one cure, church, for the Martha syndrome. 
Very simply, it's this. You need to learn how to sit quietly at the feet of Jesus. You need to learn, learn to listen intently to everything he's saying to you. That's what Jesus said to Martha. Martha, there's only one thing that's important here, and your sister has chosen the one thing that is important over you. And it, it's just stop being so busy, Martha, and sit down at my feet. Uh, here's the great lesson of this story. It's this, being occupied with Christ is much more important than being occupied for Christ. We should never become so busy and upset that we neglect the cultivation of our own soul. That we spend the time every day that is necessary to keep the kinks out of our life. I told the first service this past week we had a staff meeting and, and I was talking to our staff about the busy summer that is before us here at Cavanaugh Church. And, and we have busy months every month, but the summer is really the busiest time around here. We're, we're coming and going different places. There's, there's camps, there's meetings, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And, and I warned our church staff, in the midst of your busyness and in all the things you're doing for the church and for people and for God, don't forget... The most important thing is to cultivate your own heart. To stay in touch and in tune with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the question becomes, how do we learn to sit at the feet of Jesus? How do we get over the Martha syndrome and learn to be Mary's? Who sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from Him? Well, now I get real practical, okay? I'm going to suggest four things and encourage you to begin doing four things that will keep the kinks out of your heart. Number one is this. And let me tell you how I came about this. Years ago, when I was a seminary student at Southwestern, one of my professors suggested that we learn how to spend a day in prayer. How to spend a day in prayer. He said that we sometimes need just to get away from everything and spend a day with Jesus. Jesus did that. He spent whole nights praying to his father. Nehemiah prayed for certain days about the plight of Jerusalem. Moses spent 40 days on the mountain talking to God. So my professor suggested that we occasionally set aside an entire day. He said, pack a lunch, go to a secluded place, find your own place and make that your getaway with God. He said, leave everything else behind, but don't forget your Bible a hymn book, a good devotional book, and a journal. You leave everything else behind and you go spend a day with God in prayer. You're probably wondering, what in the world would you do during a prayer day? Well, let me tell you what it's not. It's not a matter of finding a stump or a rock and kneeling down there and praying for 12 straight hours because none of you could do it. Huh? I couldn't do that. It's a matter of engaging in a variety of unhurried spiritual disciplines and activities. Uh, the sky's the limit here. You take your Bible and you just start reading passages slowly, intently, looking for meaning. Maybe you bring a commentary with you and understand the true meaning of a passage. Maybe you follow a theme through the Word of God. But as we read God's Word, God begins to speak to us. We spend an extended period of time doing that. Maybe you bring some great devotional book that, that is going to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you could just spend time 
praising God verbally. If you're like me, you can't sing, but you know what? When you're out by yourself, it doesn't matter. Huh? You can do what the Bible says, singing to ourselves with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Here's a great exercise. Make a prayer list or a praise list. And start listing all the things that you're thankful for. All the blessings that God has given you from the time you were a kid even today. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Here's something else you could do. You could intercede for other people. I mean, don't you have friends and family members who have got great problems and who need a touch from God? Huh? You know? And listen, if you don't pray for them, they may not get prayed for. So you pray for the needs of others. You, you pray for your own needs. And you just spend a day talking to God. Maybe you've never thought of doing something like this. Let me tell you, I encourage you to do it. I covet those times that I get to do it. Now, I get away. I've got a couple of places in the natural state I go. You, you've heard me talk about one of them. I go to the high point at Mount Magazine. And I just hike up there and, and, and you know, I, usually not too many people are up there. And if they are, I wait them out until they leave. And I just, I just spend time with God. You need that, friend. You need that. To get the kinks out of your life, spend a day in prayer. Number two, you need to rededicate yourself to a daily quiet time. I, I'm telling you, I could not exist if I neglected my time each morning of Bible study and prayer. I've got to have that. I have found that I need that when things are going well to keep me humble and keep me thankful. I need that every day when things are going badly to keep me strong and faithful. I've got to have my morning time with God. It starts my day off right. I want to have good days every day, don't you? Well, I can't think of a better way to kick your day off than to spend it with God. Seeking His presence in your life, asking for His blessings. You say, well, preacher, you just don't know how it is around my house too crazy it's too hectic it's too busy I don't have time to do it but you know what I found you got time for what's important okay and I'm not hounding you today I'm just telling you you need to understand you need that you need time with God every single morning it's my habit I get up every morning and I go turn on the coffee pot and and I sit in the red room in my red chair <laughs> and I spend an hour with God I read the Bible from my iPhone, and I drink a bucket of coffee, man. Gets me fired up for the day. Couldn't make it without it. It keeps the kinks out of my heart. You need that. Number three, if you want the kinks out of your life, you need regular time and corporate worship with other Christians. Listen to me. The Bible warns us against skipping church. I know you're here today, but listen to what I say. The average Christian attends church one out of every three Sundays. Again, I'm not pounding you. You just, you just need to know you need this time. And, and I hate to even make this comparison, but what, what company would tolerate an employee who skipped work two out of three days? What boss would tolerate an employee who just came in when they felt like it or when it was convenient to their schedule? Now, this is not like that. You, you are not obligated to come to church. I hope you understand that. You don't come out of duty. You come to church because you love Jesus. 
You come to church because you want to sit at his feet. You come to church because you want to be conformed into the very image of Jesus Christ. You come here because the Bible says you need to come here. You come here to be with other believers. You come here to be built up. You come here because you know you live out in a sinful world that's pushing you and shoving you and pulling on you and pushing you down. And you need to be in here where you're lifted up and encouraged. Here's what the Bible says, Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Bottom line is this, when we come to church and we're in corporate worship like this, we're sitting at the feet of Jesus. You're not sitting at the feet of Will Harmon. I'm just the, I'm just the pitcher that pours out the blessing. You're sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus is talking to you. Last Wednesday night, I had the privilege of sitting where you sit. I was sitting right there on the front row. Brother Fred Warner was here visiting from Nashville. And I tell you, when, when I was a little kid, Fred Warner was my preaching hero. I mean, uh, he, he scared the thunder out of me when he preached. He, he came to West Texas and preached a revival. Scared the, it scared, you know what, right out of me. I'm telling you, he, he did. He preached on hell, and he scared it out of me. I'm telling you, he scared me to death with that big thundering voice. He has from North Carolina. Man, he scared me to death. But I've always respected the man, and I love him. I never, I never dreamed that he would come and be a part of my church, and I would get to minister to the great Fred Warner. He's since moved to Nashville, but he was back Wednesday night, and I asked him to preach, and I mean, he still got it, man. <laughs> that dude can preach up a storm, and he was standing right here preaching from Isaiah chapter 6 about our worship to God, and he was thundering it out, and I was sitting right there, and tears were just flowing down my face because God was ministering to my soul. God's Word was speaking to me, and I thought to myself, you know what, Will, this, honestly, this is, what, this is what people need on a regular basis. They need the Word of God taught to them. They need to hear from God. Will, what you do on Sundays and on Wednesdays is important because your people need it. Guys, we do. When we come to God's house and sit at Jesus' feet, it gets the kinks out of our heart. Then number four, I want to suggest to you four letters. H-W-L-W. It's an old slogan that goes back to the early days of Dawson Trotman. He was the founder of the Navigators. The letters stand for his word, the last word. Yeah. Dawson developed a great system of disciplining and discipling men in the military. Occasionally he would take them out for a week's long training session. At the end of the day when the men came to lay in their bunks at night, he would say instead of good night or sleep well, he would shout out, H-W-L-W. And his men knew what it meant. His word, the last word. It would be a reminder for the men to go to sleep thinking about and meditating on a verse that God had gave them that day. You see, Dawson knew that the last dominant conscious thought of the human mind at the end of the day would inevitably simmer in the subconscious during sleep and help shape the attitude and personality of the heart. And you know what? He's right. It really does. So if you want to hide God's word in your heart, you need to go to sleep meditating on a verse of Scripture. 
It seeps into your subconscious mind and it helps shape your soul. You'll sleep better and you'll wake up refreshed when you go to bed with God's Word in your mind. I think Charles Spurgeon was right when he used to say that Bible verses make great pillows. <laughs> so what's the antidote for being pulled in all directions? What's the answer for doubting God's goodness, for brooding, for worrying, and being upset over many things? Well, the antidote is learning to sit at the feet of Jesus. The answer is sitting at His feet, soaking up the divine, infallible words of God's holy Bible. We can do that. All of us can. By spending a day in prayer. Schedule it. Go do it. Leave your cell phone behind. Leave your worries in the car. Go spend a day with God. You can do it by cultivating your daily quiet time. You can do it by making sure that, you know what? Really, no matter what else is going on in my life, I'm going to be in God's house. I'm coming to church. I don't care what else is happening. I'm going to be there. And by letting our last conscious thought every evening be on a particular scripture. Go to bed, go to sleep, quoting scripture. When we do that, it'll make a difference. Church, you hear, when you do that, it will make a difference in your life. The, the pressures and problems of life are reduced to their proper dimensions in our minds, and the Lord gives us His insight, His wisdom, and He gives us His strength. That's why... Listen to me, that's why the best seat in the house is at the feet of Jesus. Because those who sit at the Lord's feet can stand on His promises. They can walk in newness of life and they can go forth in His power and not be afraid. So if like Martha, you're worried and upset about all kinds of stuff, if your heart is knotted up and there's a kink in your soul, learn from her sister Mary that you need to sit at the feet of Jesus. And here's what I'd like for you to do. Just come and bow at the feet of Jesus. Come right now and talk to him. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help my friends who are here today to come and just spend some time with you at your altar. Lord, there may be someone in this service who needs to be saved. I pray that they would come today and confess Jesus with their, life, with their heart and with their mouth and believe that you can and will save them. Lord, for the Christian here today that's away from you and backslidden, may they find their way home today. And Lord, for the rest of us, may we use this, this altar call and this time to come and, and just begin a conversation with you sitting at your feet. Lord, help us to leave today and continue that. Help us to do whatever is necessary to sit at your feet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? These guys are going to sing. I invite you to come and pray, would you? Right now, step out. Come to Jesus. He's, he's right here waiting for you.